Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. Praise the Lord. So if you have your Bibles, you turn to me, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 1. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Uh, it's just easier to read. I wasn't born 400 years ago, so. Um, 2 Kings chapter 4. Reading from verse 1 to 7. And it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have? in the house he didn't even wait for her to answer the question and she said your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil then he said go borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors empty vessels do not gather just a few and when you have come in you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then Pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, she, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. For the next few moments, I'm simply going to preach on this. Where are the empty vessels? Where are the empty vessels? One more time, if you put your Bibles down and lift your voices unto heaven and agree with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence that is found in this place. We thank you that we can come into your house, Lord Jesus, and worship you and pray, give you praises, Lord, and and hear from your word, Lord Jesus, without persecution and with the liberty that we have, Lord God. We just, we're so blessed in this country, Lord Jesus, and we just pray one more time that your word, Lord Jesus, would accomplish what it sets out to do, Lord Jesus. We are, we are desiring, Lord God, to draw closer to you. We're desiring, Lord Jesus, to leave this place transformed, Lord God. We love you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Why don't we give the Lord another hand clap of praise as you're being seated. Why don't you turn to our neighbor and ask them, where are the empty vessels? Where are the empty vessels? I cannot help but be amazed by the story of a man called Daryl Davis. See, Daryl Davis is, a, is an African-American jazz musician who embarked 
on an interesting journey a few decades ago. It was not something that he envisioned that he would end up doing with his life. You see, Mr. Davis is responsible for helping over 200 people leave the Ku Klux Klan. It's quite interesting to, to hear him recount his experiences over the years. He authored a book called Clan Destined Relationships. See, Davis's father was in the US uh, Foreign Service, so he would be stationed in a different country every two years. You see, all the, the embassy kids would go to the same school, so Davis was always in a diverse environment. See, Davis describes the first time his parents sat him down as a 10-year-old child when he returned to the States in the 60s and explained to him about the reality of racism. See, Davis was totally oblivious to this reality, which most kids are. You know, this is something that is taught. Davis would share that ever since that day, he would struggle with this thought. How can you hate me when you don't even know me? He would then recount the day a white man approached him after one of his events to commend him for his musicianship. He stated that the man said he never knew a black man could play the piano like Jerry Lee Lewis. See, Davis had to educate the gentleman that Jerry Lee Lewis had adopted his style from an African-American. This man had a hard time believing it, but nevertheless was intrigued by Davis and would continue to converse with him. Sometime during their conversation, this man revealed to Davis that he was a member of the KKK. See, Davis was obviously taken by surprise, but still wanted to get to know this man as he was driven by the question from when he was 10 years old. How can you hate me when you don't even know me? You see, Davis would eventually develop a relationship with this man who would leave the clan. This is what started, this, is, this started what he felt that he was called to do. He would go on to develop relationships with these clansmen and over time they would leave the clan. It was the most weirdest thing to hear that they would invite him to these clan meetings. <laughs> Roger Kelly was a national leader when he left the Klan after Davis spent nearly seven years working on that relationship. Seven years. Sometimes we teach a Bible study for 12 weeks and we wonder, how come this person isn't changing? What's going on? I'm spending all these time teaching a Bible study. Seven years he invested in this man. He stated that his encounters would 
go from nothing into a relationship, then eventually develop into a friendship. Another leader that was in charge of one of these white supremacy groups for 27 years, after two and a half years of knowing Davis, he not only left, but joined Davis in de-radicalizing other members. I'll be honest, when I heard these stories, I found myself thinking, are these the people that we would naturally write off? See, members of the KKK isn't necessarily on the top of my prayer list every morning when I wake up. Praying for my kids, praying for my family, praying for protection, and then pray for white supremacy groups is not really on my prayer list. But as Davis would describe his experiences and how much time it took to develop these friendships, you cannot help but sense an emptying out process of these individuals. You see, part of learning something new is unlearning something old. I could not help but admire the time Davis took to help these people empty out their minds and empty out their, their hearts of, of all this wrong thinking, you know, their prejudices and bigotry. Sometimes it took months. Sometimes it took years. But you can definitely sense and recognize the emptying out process of these people. When they'd have conversations with them and they, he, they would share how they thought and he would give them an answer and pose them a question. They were almost light bulb moments. See, I obviously do not agree with their position, but I was reminded that we are all sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. So I found myself asking the question, what is it I need to empty myself of? See, the scripture that we read in 2 Kings is a story of a woman whose husband had just died. She had a debt that she could not pay off. The debt collectors would have been well within their right to enslave her sons to pay off the debt until the year of Jubilee, which was their law and custom. And this woman in her desperation calls out to Elisha for help. But it's interesting that at first she appeals to her husband's faithfulness when she first cries out. In the scripture that we read, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And when I read that, I'm simply reminded that if you empty yourself before the Lord and live a life for God, your faithfulness can still impact your family after you're gone. Amen. She appealed to her husband's faithfulness. I may have already shared this testimony before, but it was my kid's grandmother that won me to God. For those that know her, Sister Linda, she, uh, she lives in Perth and attends Brother Simon Butcher's church over there. And she will often say, I'm the only one and only soul she's ever saved. 
But back in 2005, I was like a prodigal son. I, I came to church and I, and I turned my back on God and I went back into the world. And when I came back in 2008, I remember the next year, uh, brother Jacob Caltabiano shared to me that he went over to Perth to preach. And he was overwhelmed that when he was in the prayer room preaching, uh, praying before service, he saw a wall. And on the wall, it had a prayer request and answer prayer and a line on it. And he saw a picture of me that had been moved over from prayer request to answer prayer. Amen. Amen. Your walk with God affects others. Every person in this room is answered prayer. Amen. Aren't we thankful that people have gone before us and lifted us in prayer? Sometimes when I go to preach at places, I literally can feel the prayers of others that have spent time seeking God leading up to that weekend. See, Cornelius' prayers and faithfulness not only impacted him and his family, but it also had forever impacted the gospel being now preached to us Gentiles. Amen. Do not grow weary, amen, in seeking after God and your relationship with God. Sister Linda's faithfulness has forever impacted my life. And if God doesn't return before it's time for her to go, it has forever impacted my children's life. Amen. Everything we do for God can affect those that go come after us. But Jesus is looking for empty vessels. We've got to be empty vessels. Amen. Jesus is looking for empty vessels to not fill with his spirit today. He's looking for saints of God to empty themselves out before him so that he can fill them with a fresh anointing. Amen. That he can fill them with a fresh joy, a fresh love, fresh peace, Brother Danny. Where are the empty vessels? Remember in 2003, when my son was born, we flew him to Perth to go visit his grandmother. It's the first time that I walked into a UPC church over there. And their country music, their worship with the country music, and uh, his brother, brother Glass was pastoring at the time. And I remember when I left there, I was like, okay, I've got to go to church when I come back to Sydney. And at that time, when I came back to Sydney, uh, they had, because of the times, 2003 in Bankstown. And I said, oh, I'll attend that. And we attended that, and... I got there Fiji time. I got there at the end when they started calling altar call. You couldn't get any later than that. So I didn't hear what was preached. I didn't even know who preached. All I know is they, when they started to sing, my eyes started to well up and I started to feel the presence of God and something started to stir in my spirit. I decided... The next week, I'm going to go check out Grace Tabernacle, POS. Came to church, thought everyone was crazy. People were running around, a little bit, people are a little bit more conservative nowadays. There's no hazards like pot plants anymore, <laughs> things that you can trip over. 
But I was just amazed that all these people were crazy and no one was judging them. I was like, whoa. I remember feeling the presence of God that, that night, coming to the front, hungry, trying to pray through the Holy Ghost. They couldn't hear me because I couldn't stop crying. They couldn't, I couldn't stop sobbing. I said, whatever that was that I felt, I needed to be there the next week. Next week I turned up, came to the front, God, me, God filled me with His Spirit and ever since that day I'm so thankful that I have an anointing, I have the presence of God, I have His protection, His blessings, His love, His peace. Nothing compares to the day God filled us with His Spirit. How many of us can testify of that moment that God filled you with His Spirit? But that wouldn't, couldn't have happened unless we had come to Him empty. God cannot fill a full vessel. We've got to humble ourselves and empty ourselves before God. I'm trying to teach my children how to drive. Pray for me. Both of them, both of them on their L's. 2013, God filled them both up. With the, uh, God filled them both with the, with the Holy Ghost the same night. Last night of transfusion, transfusion, transfusion. I was like, thank God for that. Now he's giving both the L's at the same time. I'm like, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> my goodness. And every time I teach my kids certain things about, you know, driving and, and the road rules and technique, and, and, and I often say to them, if they get to, if I feel like their attitude is like, I know, Dad. And I'm telling them, like, hey, humble yourself, otherwise... You're going to be humbled and it's going to be expensive and it's going to do damage to my car. But we've got to humble ourselves before God, amen, and come to him empty. See, Jesus is looking for empty vessels to fill with his spirit. Jesus is looking, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the Lord. Could be here five minutes, could be here five years, 50 years. The empty in our process never ceases. Amen. See, the oil ran out the moment the woman ran out of vessels. Do not rob yourself of a blessing and an encounter with God because you do not have empty vessels. Amen. See, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, mighty, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We just celebrated Pentecost Sunday, but we should never stop celebrating the first time the Spirit of God was poured out upon the church. Amen. But as great as that was, the Bible says that there were only 120 people in the upper room that day. Even though in 1 Corinthians 15... It says that Jesus appeared to him to more than 500 people after his resurrection. Yet there was only 120 people found in the upper room that experienced a mighty move of God. Where was the other 380 plus people? 
Where did they go? The very thing that we fail to empty ourselves of is the very thing that will rob us from receiving something from God. What is it that we need to empty ourselves of today? What is it that we need to empty ourselves out today? Is it that busy work schedule? Is it that side hobby? Is it that toxic relationship? Is it pride? Is it fear? Is it doubt? What is it that we need to empty ourselves of in order to make room for God? Even though this woman had enough to pay her debt, she could have had more. She could have had more. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with where I am. Amen. I want more of Jesus. I want more of his presence. I want more of his blessings. I want more of his anointing. Amen. But we've got to empty ourselves out. I will never forget a few years ago, uh, there was, we had a, a regional youth camp when I was still attending youth camps. <sighs> Those were the days. <laughs> but I, I, I'll never forget that we were at Green Hills and it's when Brother Court Chavis was preaching. And I remember... I always stand at the back and walk around. I, I just like to see what God's moving amongst the congregation. I like to see what he's doing in people's lives. and it gives me a better kind of, I guess, preps me for altar work. And I was just watching. And there was two, two girls. And they, they looked about 14, 15. And I remember just observing them throughout the, the weekend. And they always, they looked like they were new to this all. And I think they came up from Shell Harbor for the weekend. So I was witnessing, there was two, so two of them. And I noticed that one of them, she would, uh, she would go to praise, lift her hands, praise God. And then she'd look to her friend. And then if she wasn't lifting her hands, and praise, she would put her hands down. You know, if she would, she would clap her hand, she would look to her friend. If her friend wasn't clapping her hand, she would stop clapping. So it, it, it was clear that one of them was the dominant one. One of them was like the leader of the two. And this went on the, the whole camp. So you, you, obviously the other girl was kind of insecure, was more of the follower. Always looking to her friend for approval. On the last night... I was actually sitting at the front of the service. You know, and Brother Chavis, he's done his thing, and he called altar call, and I was looking at the back of the room. I was, I was just observing them again. The one that had been the follower for the whole camp, she grabbed the hand of the other girl and pretty much dragged her to the front. <laughs> It was like, let's go now. And that change of behavior, something had gone. God had done something in her heart and in her spirit. She would never have done that earlier on in the camp. 
And when I seen her and the way she grabbed her friend's hand and brought it to the front, I said, God is doing something in her love. There had been an emptying out process that had taken place. All that insecurity, all that doubt, all that fear that she came into the camp with was gone. She came to the front. I, I went to go pray for her. I asked her, have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? She said, no, I haven't. In about a minute, she lifted up her hands, speaking in other tongues as God filled her with the Spirit of God. But that came because we noticed that an emptying out process had taken place. God had done a work in her heart. You're never too young and never too old to begin the emptying out process. A few years ago, I was preaching in Melbourne and um, I think it was an AYM and I was preaching a message and I thought I was, you know, I felt like I was preaching what God had laid upon my heart. I called the altar call. No one came out. <laughs> I was like, stay humble. <laughs> stay humble. No one came, came to the front. But, see, they had not dismissed Sunday school that morning. So I said, okay. There must have been a reason why they didn't dismiss Sunday school. So we, did, we, we called the, the young children out the front. In about 10 minutes, God filled six of those young people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I left that place reflecting, thinking, were some adults robbed of a blessing because they would not empty themselves out before God? And these children that were hungry for God, God filled them with His Spirit. Let us not let those things rob us from a move of God in our lives. Amen. Nothing is worth getting in between you and a relationship with God. Nothing is worth getting between you and your miracle and that thing that you're seeking after God. You're never too young to empty yourself out before God. And you're never too old to empty yourself out before God. Again, a few years ago, I went with Pastor to, to, he had to preach in, in Indonesia, so I went with him. And usually when we travel with Pastor, he gives us a schedule and he might say, you know, can you preach on this event? Or I said, okay. I thought he told me to preach at a family camp. I come up with a message all about kids and teenagers and social media and all that stuff. We get there to the event and a bus turns up, small bus. And all these elderly people get out. All these Chinese brethren get out, and brothers and sisters. I turned to pastor and said, I thought this was a family camp. They won't understand anything I've written here. You know, because this is appealing to young families and young generation. He said, I never said family camp. I said Mandarin speaking camp. I said, oh, Lord, help me. That, that night, I was seeking after God for a message. But nevertheless, I might have felt un, underprepared. Preached a message about Caleb going after his promise and his mountain at 80 years old. I told them, it doesn't matter how old you are, God can, can, can give you a promise. Three of those aunties came out. God filled them with the Spirit of God. I might have felt inadequate. I might have felt underprepared. But these people came emptying themselves out and God filled them with the Spirit. 
Amen. You're never too young. You're never too old for God to do a work in your life. Amen. But where are the empty vessels today? Where are the empty vessels? I don't know if you are seeking after the Spirit of God today. But if you would just surrender yourselves and come before God. I know we come to church for all different reasons. And it's, it's great when, when Jesus turns up and meets our need. But let me submit to you, your greatest need is that you live here with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. If I could invite the musicians up, oh, might be a long close, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know about you, it doesn't matter how long you've been serving God. we still got to engage in the empty in our process each and every day. I want more anointing. I want fresh manner. I want more blessings. I want to have an experience, a new experience with God each and every day that I wake up. Amen. But I've got to come before God empty. Philippians 2 and 7 says about Jesus that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. The word reputation comes from the word Kenosis, which means to empty. Jesus made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself out. Jesus had to empty himself out in order for God to fill him up with his will, in his humanity. If that wasn't the case, then why would he pray in the garden? Not my will, but thy will be done. It was Jesus' will in his humanity that the, the cup would pass from him. Of course, he would want to avoid all of that persecution. Of course, he would want to avoid the, the scourges and the crown of thorns. Of course, he want, would have wanted to avoid the nails being hammered into his hands and to his feet. But he still emptied himself out in that garden through prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. So if Jesus was engaging in this process of emptying himself out before God, how much more do you and I need to empty ourselves out before God? Brother Daniel was sharing about all the peace of God in the 915 service. And sometimes we rob ourselves of the peace of God because we're just so full of things. But we need to empty ourselves out of those things and give them over to God in order to see a miracle, in order to see God step into our situation. What do we be upstanding? See, in the scripture that we read, 
Elisha instructed this woman, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Why would she need to close the door behind her? And maybe we need to close some doors behind us so we're not trusting on external resources. We're not trusting in our own strength. We're not trusting in anything else out in the world. Maybe we've got to close those doors so that we are locked in a space where it's only you and God. I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe there's something that you are seeking God specifically for. Maybe you are seeking after the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning or this afternoon. But let me submit to you that we must first close some doors behind us. There are some doors that we need to close in our life before God can start pouring out the oil in those empty vessels. What is that door that we need to close? Is it that job that is robbing us from spending time in the house of God? Last Sunday, Linny's been working at a job. She's cringing now as I'm sharing this testimony. For the last two, eight to ten weeks. And the job, Ross's is on Sundays. So out of those, you know, during that time, she may have only been able to attend maybe two or three services. Last Sunday, you know, pastor preached a message last Sunday about, you know, when you, if you just put God first and you give up those Sunday rates, He'll make a way. I said to her that Sunday night, I said, you're going to quit. I think you're going to quit your job. She said, can I? I said, oh. I thought they were going to, you've got things to pay off. I didn't think you were going to, that means I have to pay them off. She said, can I? And she asked, she said, okay, um, can you help me articulate a message to send uh, so I can give my resignation? I said, all right. So she straight away started looking for new jobs. I said, let's pray first. So we, we prayed. The next day, the Monday, we went and uh, we went out for bubble tea and, you know, at night. And she said, Dad, you still got to send me that message? I said, okay, yeah. So I sent her a message. What do you think of that? Yeah, she handed in a resignation. The moment she sent send, we walked out of that bubble tea place, went to walk to the car. Next door was a pharmacy. She said, you know what, Dad? I'm just going to walk into this pharmacy and ask them if they need any job, any workers. She, worked in, she walked into that place. They, the owner told her, I like your smile. Bring your resume tomorrow and we'll give you a trial. They asked her, when, do you, when can you work? Give us the, your availabilities. It is more compatible with her study schedule. And the best thing about it, they're not even open on Sundays. But she had to close that door. She had to walk away from that situation. And I'm not only glad that God done that in her life, I'm glad that she was able to experience that for herself and she wasn't living off my testimonies, but now she has her own testimonies. She sees God operating in her life. So I don't know what it is you need this afternoon. 
But as I open up these altars, before we empty ourselves out before God, we've got to make some commitments that we're going to shut some doors behind us. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, of course it's not going to be easy. But that's why we have the peace of God with us. That we know that Jesus is with us. And he, if He be for us, who can be against us? Amen. That's why I have the peace of God. Because it doesn't matter what I face in the world. I know greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. But we've got to come before God as empty vessels. So I'm going to close off in prayer and open up these altars. And I wonder if there's any empty vessels in this place. Whether you're new, whether this is your first time, whether you've been here for years, we still need to empty ourselves before God. Where are the empty vessels? And if you're seeking after the gift of the Holy Ghost, I wonder if you would just come to the front and remain standing so we can pray with you. We want you to be filled with His Spirit. We want you to feel His joy, His power, His love, His peace, His anointing. People have come and asked, can you pray for my healing that I haven't got the gift of the Holy Ghost? I said, I can pray for your healing or I can pray that you're filled with the gift, with the Spirit of the healer. Next thing you know, they're lifting up their hands, praying in other tongues and God fills them with the Spirit. Your greatest need is that you leave this place with the Spirit of God. So why don't we all close our eyes and lift our hands. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus. For your goodness, Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your provision, for your blessings. But Lord, I pray that as we come before you, Lord Jesus, that we would empty out our hearts, Lord Jesus, that we empty out our spirits, our minds, Lord Jesus, of anything that is hindering us from receiving a fresh blessing from you, a move of God, the miraculous in our lives, Lord. Heavenly Father, it's great, Lord Jesus, that we have testimonies of our family members, have testimonies of, of, of our pastor and, our, and other people that have been walking with you. But Lord, we need our own testimonies today. So we come before you, Lord Jesus, emptying out our hearts before you, Lord. Fill us, Lord Jesus, with your spirit, Lord God. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with your peace. Fill us with your strength. Fill us with your anointing, Lord God. As we come before you, we humble ourselves before you, Lord Jesus, desiring to draw closer to you, oh Lord Jesus. We love you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. These altars are open. Please come spend some time with God, emptying out yourselves so that He can fill you with His direction, with encouragement, with His strength. And if you need the gift of the Holy Ghost, we will pray for you. You can leave this place transformed and renewed. In Jesus' mighty name, come spend some time with the Lord.